Hi, my name's Livy. I am a 29-year-old physio from New Zealand, uh, and this podcast is going to be about my experience having had a motorbike accident and a moderate traumatic brain injury uh, in October last year. So it'll be my experience through that, the things that helped me, and then we'll just kind of see how things progress from there. I may end up trying to collate um a bunch of people's experiences uh, but we'll see how we get on so uh, story begins Labor weekend in New Zealand was the 25th of October and I had been up to Whangarei to see my family and we'd had a really great weekend and been out to markets and had a really fun time and on the Sunday morning rolled out of bed and had asked my cousin if it was all good if we went out on the motorbikes that morning um no I don't often ride motorbikes I probably hadn't ridden one in about mm, 10 years maybe uh so jumped on obviously was wearing a helmet I'm a physio you'll never get me on a bike without one um I just before I went out was in like shorts and a singlet and was like okay I need to put like a jacket or something thick on so that when I go outside uh, when I go on the um on the bike if anything happens you know I'm not going to get all grazed up or anything thinking that that was like the absolute worst that could happen uh so jumped on my cousin gave me a couple lessons I did a lap and then I sort of said, okay, what should I work on? What should I do? What shouldn't I do? And that's basically the last thing I remember. So that was about half past 10 in the morning. Um, apparently the accident happened around 11 and I had just been going round and round and round and round for maybe like 30 laps uh, on the farm. I wasn't doing anything crazy. I actually don't completely know what happened when I came off the bike and if I'm honest I haven't actually asked or particularly tried to find out um so that's fine I then had the accident uh I was lying on the ground apparently I did like a full physio assessment myself I had cleared my neck I knew that I didn't have a spinal injury um I ran my hand across my collarbone and to my dismay found that there was a big uh tent or uh bump in it um and was my analysis of that was oh shit that's going to need surgery uh I also reported that I had fractured ribs and that I had a little bit of a concussion and my family was kind of like oh, I don't know about this concussion thing um I went through that process 19 times before the ambulance arrived. Um, the ambulance apparently took about 45 minutes to an hour um, and they came out into the paddock, uh, gave me what is called the green whistle. I can't actually remember what drug is in the green whistle, but it did the job. Um, I was able to get up off the ground and apparently as they were putting me in the back of the one of the four-wheel drives to take me back over to where the ambulance was, I was ordering my tests. So I was like, okay, I'm going to need a CT of my brain. I'm going to need an X-ray of my shoulder, an X-ray of my ribs, and like rattled off all these things that I thought I was going to need. And uh, much to my later horror, when my cousin informed me, and I was like, so then going, oh my God, I wasn't rude to them, was I? And he was like, no, you're just like working through it. 
So at that point, I was then uh, transferred to Whangarei Hospital. Um, I have no memory um, between uh, coming, so my second lap, which was probably like, I don't know, 10, 1035 maybe. Uh, apparently the accident happened around 11 and I have no memory until probably 6 or 7 that night. So everything that I'm telling you is just kind of what I've been told. Um, transferred to hospital, I have no recollection of anything that happened in ED. Uh, but one of the best things that the doctor did to me, uh, did for me was he gave me a copy of my x-ray of my collarbone which was in three uh, somewhat dramatic pieces um, and on the back of it he basically wrote me a list of uh, my diagnoses and the list went like this clavicle in three bits may, may need op but unlikely to happen quickly needs to stay overnight from concussion perspective ribs on x-ray not fractured but are clinically definitely fractured uh, scapula looks okay on x-ray because I was very concerned about my scapula um, and then the last two lines say very concussed CT of brain okay um, and apparent and every time I got to the very concussed part I just started pissing myself laughing and everyone was like why are you laughing and I was like because he's right I am so concussed oh my goodness um, so I can only assume that he wrote that down because we just went on loop with that for six or seven hours. Um, then probably around six or seven p.m., maybe a little before that, the ED doctor came in, and this is the first thing that I remember from since getting on the bike that morning. Um, and he said to me, he kind of came in. He goes, do you remember me? And I said, do you look familiar? And he was like, that's progress. Like, I'll take it. So he'd obviously been in quite a few times. And each time I hadn't remembered him, um, he decided that at that point it was time to definitely admit me to the ward, um, which I said, I think that's a very good idea. Uh, they transferred me upstairs to one of the surgical wards for observation overnight. Um one of my cousins really nicely went out and got me some dinner because I hadn't been allowed to eat all day or I just hadn't eaten. I don't really know what happened there. Um, had some dinner and basically just went to sleep. Um, I then proceeded to spend 10 days in hospital um, where my concussion was basically upgraded to a moderate traumatic brain injury. So when it comes to classifications of head injuries, you have a severe traumatic brain injury, a moderate, a moderate traumatic brain injury, a mild traumatic brain injury, which sometimes can be classed as concussion as well. Uh, so I sat in that moderate category. I initially didn't really remember much of the weekend at all. Um, so I drove up on the Friday night. Accident happened on the Sunday, and this is all in 2020. Accident happened on the Sunday. And I spent Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday of that week trying to kind of piece back my week. So I would sort of sit there, lie in bed and have a bit of a chat with my cousins or whoever was there at the time and be like, oh, we went and did this and 
we went to the park and I had a pork bun and I had this and then when I drove up the traffic was really bad because it was terrible coming down the Brindowans but the rest of it was fine and just had these little things that would pop into my head and then would trigger a memory and things would kind of flow on from there but the only piece that hasn't returned is my what actually happened so the accident and then the period of time from then until about 7 p.m so everything else I pretty well have gotten back um in my 10 days in hospital I had some absolutely exceptional doctors and nurses I am I consider myself uh very very lucky most especially because of the nurses and the uh physios and the OTs um at probably three or four days post-injury the OT said I actually think that we should refer you to um, ABI in Auckland which is a acquired brain injury clinic uh, which is basically like a rehab center um, and I just turned around to her and said wherever I need to go whatever I need to do I'll do it I don't care if that if you think that's the best path for me let's go um, and so that decision was eventually made, I think, on the Friday. Because that decision was made on the Friday, that meant that I had to have surgery before I left um, Whangarei Hospital. Um, so I spent the entire of the Saturday, so one week post, almost one week post, nil by mouth. Um, which, as somebody with a traumatic brain injury, is horrendous. You have no energy at the best of times, you're tired, you're grumpy, your memory sucks. It's just a shitty time, to be honest. Um, and so spent the entire day in my mouth and they came in late that night and were like, okay, surgery's not happening today, you can eat. And I was like, oh, that sucks, but okay, cool. Wake up the next morning, same thing. Um, and then, because I was nil by mouth, they had to put an IV in. Because you're not allowed to eat, you're not allowed to drink. So, unfortunately, um, the IV didn't really want to go on my arm. So, it probably took about three or four goes. Then the nurse was like, look, I can't get this in. And then there's they have someone that roams around the whole hospital. And that's basically their specialty. That's what they do all day. So... She ended up coming up and doing it, and it probably took her two or three goes to get it in, but she got it in, thank goodness, and I just literally didn't move my arm for the rest of the day, because she's like, oh, it is a little bit precarious, and I was like, okay, fine. Um, I'm not moving, because I'm not doing anything to justify this, because I don't want to be sticked again. So that was fine, and then Sunday rolls around, I spend the whole day in my mouth again, and I literally turn around to my mum, so my parents had come up. And then my mum had stayed and my dad had gone home, um, which was really, really nice. And I was very, very grateful for. Um, and then by the end of the Sunday, I'm sitting with my mum and I just turned around to her and I said, I don't even think I'll be angry if I don't have surgery today. I think I'll just cry. I was like, I just, I have nothing left. I'm, I'm just done. Um... And luckily, around 5 o'clock, they came up to get me. I went down to surgery. Uh, the part of this that horrifies me, which I actually currently am in the process of making a complaint about, is 
I never met my surgeon. Pre-surgery, post-surgery, I don't even know who operated on my shoulder. I know the team that I was under. Um, which, from a patient-centered care point of view, in my eyes, is completely unacceptable. Um, anyways, that happened. I had my surgery. They did a great job of my surgery. I woke up in um, recovery and was like, I just really need a pee. Uh, so the poor nurse, that was basically our first conversation. Um, they took me back up to ward. I was basically up and moving the minute I got on the ward. Um, I felt like Bambi, like I just, like I literally was learning to walk for the first time. It was quite funny. Must have been hilarious to watch. Um, and then the whole day goes by and nobody from the surgical team has come to see me. And I was like, that's not okay. Uh, so I start to jump up and down a bit about it. And then the next day, still nobody's come to see me. They've tried to get someone to come and see me. Still no one's come. And so I ended up turning around to the physio, literally. So she was trying to see someone in the next room over um, and noticed, like, they were busy. And so then, like, popped her head and was like, hey, how's it going? And I sort of explained the situation to her. And she was like, that's not cool. Like, that's not good. I was like, okay, cool. Can you, like, sort it out? And she's like, okay. And so she went and sorted it out. Um, and then that afternoon, someone from the medic, uh, from the surg my surgical orthopedics team came and saw me. Um, and she apologized, which I accept and is totally fine. But I am completely convinced that had I not known to ask, like to see somebody, I wouldn't have seen anyone. Um, so for me, I knew to ask, so it's all good. But the reason why I'm, my, I'm making the complaint that I am is because not everybody knows to ask. And that's not okay. Um, I, the potential repercussions of somebody leaving the hospital without actually knowing what their post-op care should be can be astronomical um, and, and long, long lasting. So for me, I just think that's really important. Um, I had, so I worked, that was the Monday, Tuesday, finally they came and saw me and Wednesday I was discharged to ABI, uh, rehab in Auckland where I spent 10 days, uh, which I will talk about on my next podcast, um, and my journey through ABI. Um, I probably will then after that talk about, um, coming home and what that looked like and then probably the first few weeks before Christmas and then the few weeks after Christmas and that will bring us up to kind of where we're at now um so yeah I hope uh while if you're only listening to the first episode you might not get a whole heap out of it but it'll give you insight as to who I am and what my story is and then as we go along, I probably will be able to share a few more things that I've found incredibly useful for me and my injury, um, which might be useful for you as well. So yeah, I'll catch you on the next one. All right, bye. Disclaimer, uh, I'm actually 28. I have no idea why I said 29. I was thinking about something else at the time. So yes, I'm 28, not 29.